Welcome to Sunday Worship at St. Matthew's Baptist Church, led by our senior pastor of over 34 years, Dr. Raymond M. Gordon Sr. Our worship service is made up of three facets, information, invocation, and inspiration. Information consists of pertinent topics that Pastor Gordon would like to share with you to engage and edify. Invocation consists of prayer and preparation for worship. Inspiration consists of our praise to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and pastor's delivery of the word. address and do some teaching on the matter at hand. We're dealing with faith and fruitfulness. Jesus said you'll know them by their fruit. And this morning our title is, amen, demonstration or disconnection. Demonstration or disconnection. That faith and fruitfulness has been spiritually and metaphorically compared. It has been contrasted. It has been connected. It, it has, in fact, been conclusive in determining whether the Spirit is directing you and if the Spirit is influencing you. So often everyone claims that God is behind their decisions. Everyone claims that God is leading them, directing them. But when we take a close look at this metaphor, and I love it, that that we, we begin to see that uh, when faith and fruitfulness are compared, we can discern whether it's false or by faith. We, 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 we look at this matter of faith and fruitfulness and we can determine if it's God's grace, yeah, God's goodness, God's growth, God's glory, or just our glitter. We, we, we begin to see that once we put faith and fruit together, there is a connection, there's a correct positioning, there's a communion of the vine and the branches throughout Scripture. We, we can see uh, two entities, God and man. We can see fellowship, amen, with God, 
faith through God, in God, and fortitude from God. Let me, let me stop, pause, and park, because many of us are, amen, uh, hostages of wrong hermeneutics. We're hostages. We pull scripture out of context. All scripture is for your information, but all scripture is not for your participation. That when we begin to look at scripture, we start to uh, not understand its intent. And, and that is that God, God, in his awesome wisdom, has given us a certain hermeneutic. All scripture is God-breathed and is infallible. The word of God is infallible and is for doctrine, reproof, and instruction in righteousness. Timothy says that the man and woman of God may be thoroughly furnished. This hermeneutic of God's word is very, very important in the interpretation of scripture. I am not this morning talking about salvation. I'm talking about works. Now let me stop, pause, and part because salvation comes, hallelujah, by grace, love we don't deserve, through faith. That faith has nothing to do with you. It's a gift of God, lest any man should boast. Do I have a witness? Yeah. That in, in John chapter 3, Nick at night, when he's talking to Nicodemus, Jesus said that this salvation, you must be born again, does not come by the will of man, the will of the flesh, uh, but by God. Through the election process, God chooses us, we don't choose him. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, Romans 10, and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So we're not talking about salvation. We're talking about, amen, this matter of works. And we're going to get to it because one of the fallacies of uh, these interpreters of Scripture is that they misappropriate what the Bible is saying and they infer things that should not be inferred. That all through the Bible, this metaphor, listen, of vine and branches in the Old Testament alone is used 92 times. Vine and branches. Vine and branches. And, 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 and I want to uh, at least use four metaphors from the scriptures to I get to John 15 where my text uh, will be developed, that, that way back in Numbers 13, it was the falling down at Kadesh Barnea when, amen, uh, Moses uh, was, amen, sending spies, 12 in number, into the land of Canaan to search it out. Now, mind you, Bible student, God never told them to send spies in. When you get to Deuteronomy 1, 21 and 22, we discover 
that it wasn't God that told them to come in. They went to God and said, can we send spies in? Be careful what you ask God. That is, Moses sent 12 spies and 10 of them came back with an evil report, two with a good report. You, you had Caleb from the tribe of Judah and Oshia, who is Joshua, from the tribe of Ephraim. That when they went into the promised land, and the Bible says in this Kadesh Barnea, this is when the nation capsized. This is because of their unbelief and misbehavior and accusing God and murmuring, God would not allow them to go into the land. Amen. And they marched around in a circle 40 days. They turned an 11-day trip into 40 years because of their disobedience. When they went into the land, God never sent them into the land. God told them, I have given you this land. It was a promise from God. They wanted to go in and test the land out. Sometimes God makes promises to us and we want to test the authenticity of the promise. As they got into the land and they got down to Eshkel, the brook of Eshkel, they came upon these grapes from a vine and the grapes were huge and the grapes were sweet. They had to carry them on two poles. And what they saw, let me stop, pause, and park, because the first thing we deal with is the proof Ah. We deal with the proof of confidence. God let them come and discover these grapes and pomegranates and figs, which were unusually large. And it should have served as a means of God's majesty. Now, I'm pausing purposely because... By going into the land that God never told him to go into to test, but rather take his word, amen, when they went into the land, by faith, they saw the proof of confidence, but they also saw giants, Nephilim, in the land, and walled cities of the Hittites, Amorites, Amalekites, Jebusites. They, they also saw giants and walled cities. And what they saw in these things brought fear and not faith. Your fear can cancel out your faith. Your fear can contend and conflict your faith. Ah. That that is, God gave them proof with the grapes, the vine. But fear came when they saw things that they themselves could not deal with. Let me let me talk about our fears. Our fears are those things that Satan uses to wound us. And to bring doubt on God's word. Mm. That is, when we become fearful, the antithesis of faith is fear. We cancel out our faith. Lord, have mercy. 
That, that is, it's hard for us to take God at his word. And when they returned to Moses and before the whole congregation of Israel, the two spies, Joshua, Oshia, and Caleb said, oh, we're able to take it because they were dependent on God. The 10 spies gave a bad report and said, we cannot take it. The grapes are large, the pomegranates, the figs are great. But we saw, here it is, giants and walled cities. And we're not able to take it as if God asked them to take it in their own strength. Everything God asks you to do, he becomes the strength supplier. He becomes the one that's going to do it in spite of you and me. Lord have mercy. He is our healer. He's our helper. Yeah. He pulls us out of being held hostage. And so, and so, and so when they said this, uh, they gave an evil report. And they said, listen to this, because the proof was replaced with a bad perspective. What we saw other than the proof, this different perspective, we, listen, we were in our own eyes as grasshoppers, as we were in their eyes. Satan can use your fears to damage your perspective and perceptions. God was angry with them. Kadesh Barnea is where they capsized, is where they fell, is where they messed up because of their unbelief in spite of the proof. God has given you proof this morning that he is who he is. He's pulled you out of darkness and translated you into his marvelous light. He's able. He has provided. He has protected. He has promoted. He is to be praised. And when you see anything else, it belongs to God. When you see giants and walled cities, they belong to God. If God said, he's given me the land, take him at his word. My God. First instance there in Numbers 13. And then Isaiah chapter 5. Isaiah the prophet really goes deep into this matter of the vine and the branches. In order to have a vineyard, there was a vine dresser. We'll get to that. And typically these vine, these vine vineyards were built on a slope where they removed the stones Amen. And they made, they had a tower to look at them. They had harvest day to crush the, the, the grapes into wine and, and, and wine in scripture represents joy. And, 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 and so the second thing we see, uh, about the vine and the branches, listen to this, is, amen, a preemption of covenant because they didn't believe God, unbelief. Because they behave like other nations, because they intermarried, because they sinned, amen, this matter of wine flowing was stopped. 
which interfered with their commercial enterprise, that, that there was a preemption, hanging it with me now, of covenant. Um, we see that in Isaiah. They went into captivity. We see that uh, Israel was uh, broken, brittle, battered, bruised. And God, listen to this, God delayed the covenant according to Romans 11 and he grafted in a wild vine called the church, the ecclesia, and put Israel on hold. Lord have mercy. And, 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 and he would pick up a remnant in the book of the Revelation during the tribulation period and restore the vine and the branch relationship when they saw Jesus as Messiah. That, that is, we, we see the proof of confidence. We see the preemption of covenant. And then that brings me to my text in John 15, the power of connection. Now, you, you, can, you, you can belong to a church. You can pray. You can read your Bible. You can even be saved. And the connection can be faulty. The reason I know hermeneutically by God's interpretation that this is not talking about salvation. Some people, some people read John 15 and says, oh, and, and there are some good expositors that mess this text up because they confuse fellowship with relationship. The same thing that's in John. And, 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 and it's here, this last ego emi, I am, there's seven of them in St. John to prove that uh, Jesus is divine. He's God. God the Son and the Son of God. That, that is, he says, listen to this, I am the true vine. Denoting there's other vines. They're not true. I'm the true vine and my father is the vine dresser, the husbandman. Now, that's interesting when you understand the text. He says, every branch in me. Now, the preposition in automatically denotes these people are saved. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. In, in, in. You can't be in Christ one day and out of Christ salvation-wise the next day. You can be in Christ in fellowship and out of Christ in fellowship, but not relationship. That, that is that uh, the eternality of our salvation is in God's hands. And he says, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Now, this is really a poor translation. Taketh away does not mean he cuts you up. He, he, he takes away. He, he raises you out of the uh, dirt on the ground. He taketh away. Now hanging it with me. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it. The word purge there denotes that God is taking off branches 
that are brittle and not profitable for growth. This could be done through chastening. This can be done, amen, through as we grow in the Holy Spirit, it, it may bring forth more fruit. God is only purging so you, he can bring forth more fruit. Amen. And, 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 and uh, now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide. The word abide means stay close. Hang around me. Abide in me and amen. Uh, he says, and uh, I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide, abide in the vine, amen. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. He that abideth stays close to me, and I to him the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. My God, if a man abide not in me, listen, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them to cast them into the fire, and they are burnt. Now, <laughs> the reason this is not talking about salvation, and the reason this burning is not talking about hell, is because first of all, he's talking to the church, second of all, the preposition in, third, All scripture is God-breathed. No one scripture is of his own interpretation, but the hermeneutical law of interpretation is to compare scripture with scripture. When you get to 1 Corinthians 3, Paul says they are carnal. Paul calls the church at Corinth carnal, and they, they act just like the world. And Paul goes on to tell them, you can go home and read in 1 Corinthians 3, that... Although they're saved, their works will be burnt in the day of judgment. But they themselves shall be saved. So the burning here in context is our works since we've been saved, not our sins. Jesus died for all your sins. If you have confessed and asked him to come in and save you, the burning here contextually deals with our works since you've been saved what have you done what proof uh, what what preemption what what power of connection did you have because here in John 15 there's some deep teaching here here in John 15 there is connection strong connection uh, strategic communion Right here in John 15, amen, there, there is not only connection and communion, uh, a, amen, there's continuance is inferred. And the reason you want to be strongly connected to the vine so the sap can flow from the vine into you and continue to make you strong and fortified in your faith because John 15 tells us that there, it, it, it is a matter of obedience, here it is, and answered prayer. 
when you are connected. Mm. Yeah. When you are con- in continuance. Huh. When you are cleansed. Huh. God says, I'll answer your prayers. That, that, that is, in this great chapter of connectivity, it is a connection of power. We can be in the church and not be strongly connected. We can be carnal. Come to church when we want to, you know, not serve, not submit, not pray, not give, not be on board, be individualists, come and go as we please, believe what we want to believe. You're you're a brittle branch about to fall off. No works. No works. At the Bema seat of Christ, the judgment seat of Christ, for the saved, the church, we're going to be judged for our works. Not sins, works. What have you done? What are you doing? As a branch connected to the vine for the Lordship of Christ. That, that is, Paul begins to deal with this connection through conviction, through the indwelling Holy Spirit. Amen. This, this strong connection, this strategic, yeah, commonality, if you will. Amen. That God wants us to understand that good works and much fruit only comes as we are strongly connected to the Spirit, to the Word, to the vine. Mm. And, 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 and so... Uh, he mentions obedience, he mentions cleansing, he mentions remaining, he mentions being purged, he, he mentions all of these different uh, 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 things that take place if we're bearing fruit, he's going to purge you to bear more fruit. If you're not bearing any fruit, amen, your branches will be thrown into the fire. We're going to be tested by fire. The fire of God's word. Hmm. There, there were a lot of carnal Christians in the New Testament. Yeah. A lot of people who uh, may have been saved, but were spoiled, didn't live right, didn't do right. Hmm. This is a deep, deep, penetrating scripture that I am working by grace in his goodness as I grow, giving guidance so I can glorify his name. Demonstration or disconnection? The people that are proponents of lordship salvation 
have no answer for the carnal Christian. They, it's, it's hard for them to interpret 1 Corinthians 3 and the problematic church at Corinth, which had 15 problems with 16 chapters. They were divided. Yeah. They, they, they were messed up in their doctrine. Yeah. They acted like the world. And, and so you and I need to understand that Paul is referring to, watch this now, a powerful connection. When I attempt or I do or I think or I feel something wrong, I am immediately convicted. The immediacy of my conviction is because I'm connected. I can hear God. I, I can see his word. I can understand his principles. And the reason conviction is so uh, immediate is because I'm connected. I'm not disconnected. I'm not brittle. I'm, I'm not bruised. I'm not battered. I'm, I'm, I'm a healthy branch. And God says, you're bearing fruit, but I'm going to make you bear more fruit by purging you. Lord, have mercy. That is... And all of us are growing in Christ. We've all made mistakes. We've all uh, squandered his promises. Uh, we grow in grace. We grow to his glory. We grow in guidance. We grow in direction. And, 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 and we are strongly, listen, he wants us to be powerfully Amen. Connected. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. He's not just talking about the Ten Commandments. Two commandments take over the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Lord, have mercy. But this word commandment deals with attitudes and the actions. This commandment deals with connection and communion. Amen. When I'm in communion with God, my branch, my branches are strong. Yeah. When I confer with God. Mm. When I'm nothing before God. When I need God. When I depend on God. And when I pray to God, when I wait on God, all, all of this is indicative of a powerful connection. Can't deal with attitudes, actions, leaving the place of God and going back to the place of Satan because I have a powerful connection. I can hear Jesus. I can metaphorically see Jesus. I know Jesus. I'm convicted by Jesus. I'm in a position of obeying Jesus. I'm chastened by Jesus. Whom he loves, he chastens. Lord, have mercy. 
I, I, I have this powerful connection. Hmm. And the more I grow, the stronger that connection gets. There's one other thing here. Not only the proof of our confidence from Numbers 13, and we see Israel, the preemption of their covenant, and here the power of our connection. But only when we get to Galatians 5.22 do we see the personification of character. Now God has communicable and incommunicable attributes. Let me, let me differentiate. We have some deep theology here. Communicable attributes are those attributes that we can have that belong to God. Incommunicable attributes is what God is as being divine we can't have. God is omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. He's omniscient. He knows everything before it happens. And he's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. We cannot have those attributes of God. But we can have what's in Galatians 5.22. And he says, listen, that the fruit, here we go with fruit again. It's in the singular of the spirit. Non-full fruit that the spirit gives the believer. The fruit of the spirit is first love. All you got to do is check out a person's love. It will tell you if we are personifying Jesus. Because God is love. The sacrificial agapeo love. The serving love. The submissive love. Lord, have mercy. The forgiving love. Love! Then he moves from love to joy. Joy is not a feeling. (laughs) Joy is an actuality, listen, a state of mind. In spite of all the stuff happening around us, I have joy. This joy, I feel like preaching now, that I have, the world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. I've got joy like a river. Lord, have mercy. Love, joy, peace. In spite of all the problems and attacks, inwardly, I've got peace. Everything's being held together by those two gods. A God in my heart and a God in my mind, according to Philippians 4. I got inner peace. Peace I leave with you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your hearts be agitated. Stop being agitated. If you personify in Jesus. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. The ability to suffer long. Perseverance. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit. Goodness, intrinsically good from God. Gentleness, forgiveness. And Paul identifies these particular uh, abilities 
Amen. Um, and fruit of the Spirit, Paul goes on to say, listen, amen, that these, this nonfold fruit, one cluster of grapes from the Holy Spirit, nonfold, communicable attributes of God. We are personifying Jesus Christ as these things grow in our life, and they got to grow. You didn't come into Christ loving. You didn't come into Christ with joy. You didn't come into Christ with peace. You didn't come into Christ with long suffering. Some of us still don't have it. We in Christ. You didn't come into Christ with gentleness, tenderness, goodness, amen, mercy, forgiveness. You didn't come into Christ with that. It was the strong connection. Listen, Lord have mercy. It was the powerful connection which permeated the personification of Christ. Mm. I, 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 I am amazed at this transformative ministry of the Holy Spirit. The reason we can't forgive each other is because we're not connected to the vine. Mm. The reason... We can't love like Jesus is because we're trying to love on our own. The reason we can't forgive and restore and rejoice, the reason we can't let go and let God is because we're operating on self and not on a Savior. So so this personification in Galatians 5 is pitted against the works of the flesh. The works of the flesh, those, those attitudes, those things that we lived by before we knew Christ. The flesh and the spirit are in constant, I mean constant war. Constant warfare between these two entities. And, and so, so Paul, Paul, and I love Paul, Paul lets us know that as we personify Jesus, we demonstrate what fruit is. We live it out. And if we're not in demonstration, we're in disconnection. Jesus rebuked Peter several times, and Peter was saved. He says, Simon, Simon, Luke 22, Satan have desired to sift you as wheat, but I prayed for you. Listen, what did I pray? I prayed that your faith fail not. And when you are converted, when you come under the complete control of the Holy Spirit, feed my sheep, take care of my lambs. Ah. Peter, you're on board, but you're off board. Hmm. You got relationship but you're struggling with fellowship. Hmm. Peter, Peter, uh, uh, G Jesus came to Peter and said, who do man say that I am? Peter said, thou the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, Peter, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my father who is in heaven, the vine dresser. And the next second, Peter told Jesus, no, I'm not going to let this happen. He said, Satan, get behind me. Just that quick, that 
until we are strongly connected to the vine, we keep letting the feudal flesh get in the way. We keep operating on feelings, not on faith. We are controlled by fears and not the fortitude of our connection. But if I'm to personify my Christ, if I'm to personify what Jesus said, then I have to have this ninefold fruit operating in me. Thank you, Jesus. That, that, that is, that is we, we not only see the proof of confidence from Numbers 13 and, Lord have mercy, the preemption of covenant in, in Isaiah, but we see a powerful connection in John. Ego emi, I am. Mm, seven of them. Thank you, Jesus. And the result of me walking with Jesus, the result of me trusting Jesus, the result of me depending on Jesus, the result of me being directed by Jesus, listen to this, is that I personify his character by living, believing, and having the fruit of the Spirit. You need to forgive somebody this week. You need to love somebody this week. You need to put away your fleshly thoughts this week. You need to promote somebody this week. You need to provide for somebody this week. You, you need to personify Jesus Christ as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh it away and men gather them and burn them. That's works. And every branch in me that bears fruit, he begins a purging process so you can bear more fruit. He moves the mess. He moves the mandate of self so we can personify ah, his character. We're not what we used to be, but thank God, amen. We're not what we should be, but thank God, we're not what we used to be. The Lord is good. You and I, vine and branches, faith and fruit, we're either demonstrating or disconnecting. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this powerful, rightly divided word that as we grow and as we are strongly connected, strategically placed, oh God, it is your desire that we bear much fruit. And God, this fruit bearing comes as we personify our Christ and him crucified in our humility in our helping of others in our being healed through the ministry of the word
God, we pray that you... Hey, St. Matthews. Together with Jesus Christ, we are taking a quantum leap. Now more than ever, it's easier to show your support for the work God is doing through the many ways in giving at our church. Did you know you can give using your smartphone? The method is simple, safe, and speedy to give using this method. Search for St. Matthew's Baptist Church of Williamstown in your Apple or Google Play Store. Then launch the app and click on the Give button. Or feel free to give using our website. Go to www.stmatthewsbc.org, click Giving, and fill out the secure payment form. Bill pay is another way to give through your banking institution. As always, you can give by cash or check using our tithing envelopes. Remember, if you're mailing in your contribution, please use our mailing address at SMBC Business Office, P.O. Box 817, Williamstown, New Jersey, 08094. No matter if you're in service or on the go or spending time with family away from church, there are multiple options. God loves a cheerful giver. But he brought me in his love.